0: This is Good morning, Roscommon, with Damien Finner on the 25th of November. Um, what we're going to be focusing on today is some interviews that I've done previously. Um, and also the interviews I've done is by two women that have given insightful information towards uh, positive mental health and growth. Um, a lot of the music, or most of the music I'm going to be playing is female-orientated, because the show is about uh, celebrating females and celeb- f- um, celebrating strong women in our society. They're carrying a lot of the burden at the moment through the COVID, and um, it's important to for that to be acknowledged, whether it's nurses, whether it's uh, healthcare care assistants, whether it's mums or whatever the case may be. But the show today is going to be um, acknowledging um Women in society, women that work hard in society, women in society in general, whether that's homemakers or whether that's working in in whatever area aspect it is. Um, so that's what the show is going to be about today. So I hope you enjoy it. And we're going to start off with a song. At the weekend, um, an audience with Adele, which was very powerful. I didn't realize she was so down to earth, um, very much, you know, um ordinary person. And... Uh, so powerful in everything she's done, the strength she's had um, as a mom, as a woman. And um, that song, Take It Easy On Me, I, I realized afterwards was, was um, she was trying to explain to her son um, the difficulties she's had in her relationship. And Take It Easy On Me was not to judge her too much. And that's one of the most important things that that we have to look at is not not to judge, not just... Um, you know people for what they're doing but uh, not to judge women not to judge men either also um, ok so uh, we're going to go into another song here I hope you're enjoying the show please phone in if you have any um, views on uh, or text in on oh eight three eight five nine nine seven four eight. Um yeah so if you have any views or uh, if you want to talk about Anthony uh, give us a text um, I'm going to be playing two interviews uh, one is by, by Leanne Nolan. She's going to be talking about the powerful, um, the importance or how powerful yoga can be and also um, mindfulness can be in, um, you know, a school setting and also um, just around personal development. And then I'm also going to be talking to uh, Claudia Keegan. I'm going to be uh, playing a recording from Claudia Keegan that I played earlier on. So it's... um. So that's what the show is going to be about. So uh, I'm going to play a little bit more music. Just going to have a really quick word here with uh, Leanne Nolan. Uh, She has a lot of experience in yoga, teaching and um, mindfulness. And she's well read in um, different forms of spirituality, uh, which I really think is prevalent at the moment. So Leanne, um, how are you today?
1: Hi, Damien. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on.
0: You're very welcome. So can you talk to me a little bit about the benefits of yoga and uh, maybe people in the west might know a whole pile about yoga and uh, why why do you feel it's important or you, people could incorporate it into their lives in, in our culture or in Ruscommon or different areas?
1: Yeah, I think, first of all, I think yoga has a bit of a misconception that you might have to be flexible or you have to have a certain body type to do yoga, but that's definitely not the case at all. Yoga really is for anybody who's just wanting to kind of get a practice in really being present in the present moment. It's it's a fantastic tool to kind of learn how to sit with yourself and sit through uncomfortable positions. Yoga is not really meant to be a rest, a restful thing, not necessarily. It can be that. But it's it's a fantastic tool for really understanding that it's okay to (laughs) sit through uncomfortable things and that we can always use our breath. We can always come back to that. And by doing the kind of more uncomfortable poses on the yoga mat, you can kind of take that off the yoga mat then and incorporate that into your everyday life. That's kind of the goal of yoga. It's nothing really to do with how flexible you are at all. That's just kind of a byproduct of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Um, Just as you said there, Leanne, something just to um, pick up on is, um, so from the the yoga mat, it feels uncomfortable to sit in a certain position. So then in your mind, in your daily stuff in life, maybe sometimes your mind can be uncomfortable and um, maybe we kind of grasp at the stuff that we want to hold on to and push away with the stuff that we don't want to hold on to. Um, Is that kind of a good analogy for yoga or would it be or does that make any sense?
1: Yeah, no, it definitely does. I I actually got into yoga because I was having a very stressful time. I was living in Dubai. I had moved there like many other Irish teachers. I was a teacher back then and I really didn't like my job not to put beat around the bush. I really struggled with it. And I I started yoga, I didn't know what yoga was at the time, but it was actually the first time in my life where I wasn't worrying for an hour and I didn't know why or what that was about. I just knew that whatever was happening and in the yoga practice, I had no space really to think about anything else because all I could do was concentrate on what my body was doing and the breathing that the teacher was telling me to do. And when you're concentrating that much on what your physical body and your breath is doing you kind of just get that break from the thinking mind, which is is not something I had ever been taught how to do pre- previous to that. I was constantly worrying about what I had to do tomorrow or my lesson plans or whatever else it is in you know, your daily life. And it's very hard to, to step away from that sometimes. And that can be one of the really amazing things that the yoga practice can give you because, like I said, there's just there's nothing much when you're concentrating on the kind of Not the pain, I don't mean the pain, but your body stretching in these kind of different positions that you might not be used to just takes the the concentration away from the constant thinking, if, again, that makes sense.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Um, And um, I'm sure it took, you know, some courage and some um, bravery to do that. Um, Just something there around taking a step out of, um, you know, your normal life and and just for one hour um i'm sure you know a lot of people are very busy and i know it's very difficult to take time out because i know myself i have kids and i'm running and racing and i have i i am involved in a hurling team and then i'm i help out with the farm at home and um yeah so i'm 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 very fairly busy so sometimes if someone said to me Oh, take an hour off and, and do some do some yoga. I kind of find it difficult to um, to do that or maybe wouldn't see the logic in it. But it, it's worthwhile. Would, would you say it's worthwhile or how how could you sell it to me best to do that? Or how would I best do that for somebody in my in my um, situation?
1: No, that's that's a great point. And that's what actually got me drawn into the particular type of yoga I practice. Now, there's many different forms of yoga. Um, different names, just like there's different sports, you could say, but you might have heard of Vinyasa Yoga or Hatha Yoga. I'm not sure if if, if uh, listeners are familiar with the different types, but the, the particular style I started was a style called Ashtanga Yoga. And with that Ashtanga Yoga, you actually start at the very beginning and you learn no more than what you can remember the first day. So we actually start and the first day I went into that class, I was only there for about 15 minutes and you build on the practice from there and it's a very gradual step-by-step and you work with exactly where your body is at. You're not expected to be able to do anything other than where you're at at that particular moment. And then as you see the benefits, you might begin to see the benefits of taking that time out for yourself every day because it's a really knock-on effect to the rest of your day-to-day living. It really does benefit every other aspect of your life when you kind of get this consistent couple of minutes for yourself where you're not doing anything for anybody else other than yourself.
0: <laughs> that sounds powerful, Ian. Um, and I think it's it's probably something that, um, well, I know personally myself, uh, I, I like the idea of it, but I would probably procrastinate a little bit. But it's definitely something I'm going to uh follow through on. Um, at some point, hopefully, oh, <laughs> here I am, procrastinating again. Um, but. Yeah, it's it's very interesting, and it's something I think that's worthwhile while exploring, especially when we live in such difficult times. Because I find, or I find, as you're saying there, you know, bringing that power back to yourself. Because if you don't take time out for yourself, uh, sometimes you can um, you're no good to anybody else. Because you know you can't fully commit to or do something. F- with your full awareness your full potential if you're not looking after yourself fully. And I think that's a concept sometimes. Um, um, Irish people or country people or rural folk uh, find it hard to get their head around because we feel like we should be doing stuff for, for other people all the time. Um, and maybe that is something about, um, maybe something we can we can incorporate more. Do you think there should be? Uh, how do you, do you think it should be introduced to schools? Do you think there should be more retreats? Do you think? When I say retreat, I mean like should it be practiced more? Should it be done in the community centre or town hall or you know? What what's your view on that? I suppose on Ireland now coming out of COVID, and maybe um you know, trying to create some form of wellness or new wellness?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, not too long ago, I saw um, President Higgins himself kind of suggesting that yoga should be taught in schools because himself and his wife, Sabrina, I think they both practice yoga fairly regularly and he knows himself the benefits. So I definitely think it'd be fantastic to have it rolled out in schools. I know my nephews up in Dublin have some sort of mindfulness built into their their daily practice or school day i should say so it definitely i think it would be amazing because how many of us were never told or taught any skills to really cope with the hard things in life you know i was often told not to worry but never told how to not to worry and um I, another thing about yoga is the the physical postures are aren't actually the the most um, primary thing to focus on at the beginning they're they're a great Um, What can I say? Like, obviously, that's what everyone thinks of when they think of yoga. It's the physical postures. But there's actually eight limbs to the practice of yoga. And the very first principle of yoga is a Sanskrit word. And Sanskrit is the Indian, the ancient Indian language. And it's called Ahimsa, which means non-harm. And that means non-harmful thinking, non-harmful actions, all of that. But the beginning has to start with yourself. You have to really think of how can I go about my day in the least harmful way for myself. And like you just mentioned there a few minutes ago, you know, you're no good for anyone else if you're constantly doing things to please everyone else, but to plead in yourself. So I definitely think if we could teach kids at a young age how to to kind of have self-compassion and love and at this non-harmful attitude towards themselves and others, we could really do a lot of change um, starting at a young age.
0: Rightly, and we'll have to get you on to Norma um, Foley and get you linked up as an education advisor the Department of Education. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I agree, I think it's, um, it's something that, that would um, benefit quite a lot um with with kids and the new generation, because we're gonna to have to create or we're gonna to have to leave whatever we can behind uh, as best as possible way to our new generation coming behind us um that's the yoga side of things um uh, just thanks very much for that leanne, and uh we'll talk to you again. bye I hope you're enjoying the difference the variation of music um there's a new album that come out there lately it's called Woman's Heart so it's um, talking about some of the older um, version of you know strong women in Ireland when you know Dolores Cain and Mary Black and uh, people like that and also it's about the new uh, women that are coming up also you know Melda May and Gemma Hayes um, Wallace Bird, people like this you might have seen them in the Late Late Show or you might have seen them Lately enough, um, I suppose some of the reason I'm playing the music is um, has been, you know, a very difficult time on um, on everyone during the during the COVID and during the pandemic. And uh, as I was saying earlier on, you know, it's important to to uh, acknowledge the. the value that women are bringing to our society, because sometimes I suppose our society, our society, if we want to admit it or not, it is quite uh, matriarchal, and um, you know, men men are, you know, the number one, the number one. Um, I suppose they leave a lot of jobs to do, you know, for the women, and I even see it myself um, in in um, in my own home or my own. You know, in general, I suppose in rural Ireland, uh, the women are left to do a lot of the heavy work. And you know, it's not always the case, but a lot of it is. And uh, I'm not sure how this is going to change, but I think I think it's something that's very important that uh, needs to change because I suppose um, as men were not doing a great job really from running the country or the environment or a lot of different things. So, you know, I think that's a conversation that needs to be had, that, um, you know, women empower women in politics, that it's not just tokenism, that, um, you know, women need to be listened to, and they need to lead, and I think they need to be let late as well. Um, you know, people could be listening here to the show today and saying, you know, I'm going softer." You know that I'm I'm talking soft or whatever the case may be, but I think the man, uh, men just need to take a step back and um, not just talk about equality and not just um, acknowledge equality. Because as a man, and I think I speak for a lot of men, if they're honest and 100% upfront and honest, they might, um, you know, talk the rhetoric and say, "Oh yeah, sure, you know, there's equality there," and. Um, we, we treat women equal but when it comes down to it and their hearts are hearts um, a lot of men do just take it for granted subconsciously probably they probably have an unconscious bias that um, the power is with them and that's that's the um, that's the way it is. Okay I'm going to play another interview in a little while but I'm going to play another song first Welcome back Claudia um, uh, it was really good talking Um to you it's really good talking to you again um so we're going to move on to a different topic now and the topic we're moving on to now is how your practice and um just a little bit just to explain a little bit about the um the where you're going what your are what the studies you're doing how your your course is going and um well, it's not so much course. I'm I'm not hundred percent sure about it. So you can explain a little bit about it more, and also um, uh, how that looks for um, for uh, adults and uh, where you, where you see things moving.
2: Um. Well, studies are going well. Thank you. Um. I'm studying uh, with a company called Conscious Education. Um, and I've just been certified a coach with this company. And the aim of this company is to work with people, to realize that you're not broken. A lot of us have gone through life feeling broken and when things are going wrong and piling up in us, we tend to think that we are the common denominator. So obviously we're doing something wrong. Now that's not the case because nobody is broken. And as I mentioned earlier, we just have developed ideas from childhood, from society, from TVs. And our subconscious mind just accepts everything. And we draw a conclusion. But it's a childlike conclusion that we've brought into adulthood. And generally, it comes down to there's some primary beliefs, and it's, um, I'm not worthy, I'm incapable, I don't deserve, I'm not good enough, I need to be perfect. And these belief systems prevent us from taking action in our lives. Okay, they're not bad. They were created as a solution to I'm going to use the term problem here, but they were created as a means of protection because as humans, our instinct is survival and safety. So if we see, we'll go with someone beautiful in a magazine and people are fawning over that beauty. And then if we're in a more susceptible frame of mind, or a younger frame of mind, we might look at that image and think, well, I don't look like that. Everyone's given this image attention. Everyone thinks that's an object of beauty. Therefore, it can be, I'm not beautiful, so I'm insignificant, I'm not good enough. And we spend a lot of our lives unknowingly trying to resolve this belief system. So we may buy new clothes, Or we might go for a promotion or put more pressure on ourselves or try to be perfect. But it's not filling that void, that belief. And we just have to peel back the layers like an onion to resurface that belief into our awareness and realize that it may have been a teenage mind, a childlike mind that created this belief. And it's not serving us, it's just blocking us because we are pure creative potential. And we are perfect, just as we are.
0: Um, that's very insightful, Claudia. Um, yeah, that's that's very insightful. Um, your your coaching is um, is amazing, and the work you're doing and everything that you're saying sounds really, really excellent. I suppose uh, just um, I'm not sure if I speak on behalf of the listeners, but just for myself, um, I'm just wondering. Uh, The ideas, everything is really good. I'm wondering then what a process. So like if you realize or if we have certain beliefs around ourselves. I know myself personally, um, uh, you know, I try to meditate, but I never actually get the cushion. I try to exercise. Sometimes I never actually get exercising. Um, So I have really good ideas. And sometimes maybe I know some of the problems that you're kind of. That you're, that you're that you're mentioning um how like how would somebody take more action or how would you know how would what is the you know the trigger the next trigger or you know if you were coaching somebody you know how what would be the steps
2: um generally when i'm coaching someone we would get together and talk about goals to start off with so if it is a weight loss goal um or to be a certain size, just or go to the gym, as you said. um, First, we would come up with what's known as a true choice. A true choice for you, a true goal. So saying, well, I'm going to the gym because I want to lose weight, because the unconscious belief that we're telling ourselves is, I'm not good enough. So this structure isn't... it's, It's not strong enough to keep your attention because you're trying to resolve a problem okay so what we'd work on is creating a structure that you can work towards so a goal such as i choose the end result of health and vitality i choose the end result of living in a healthy body we focus on the creation of health of happiness of love so you're in a creative structure so you you can even tell that and saying i'm going to the gym to lose weight has a kind of heavy sound to it it's it's you can feel the pressure of it you can feel the lethargic and you already feel resistance and that's the big one is resistance whereas you say i'm going to the gym because i want a healthy body going to the gym because i want to be able to run around after the kids i'm going to the gym because i want to look pretty good (laughs) you know it's it's the desire for creation more so than resolving a problem and in that way then you're feeling more energy you're feeling more towards it so the primary step would be to get into a proper structure any resistance that comes up then when you say okay, I choose to go to the gym because I want to feel healthy and vital. Now our next step will be to get into a bit of a meditative space of that and say, right, how would that feel to you? What does it feel like? So you feel it in your body and it can take a little time to become attuned to this. So what you imagine it would feel like, what you think you'd be doing, who'd be around you, what foods would would you be eating? So you start living into that vision of yourself And then in our work, um, we'd bring you back into the now, and we'd look at the resistance, the belief systems, the thoughts, and we work with shifting those. So when you kind of know the points, the belief systems that's in there, that's creating resistance from your true choice, you know that they come from a paradigm and yet can be worked through and let go. And there's a number of processes that we can do um, to clear that resistance.
0: That's uh, well, very good, um, and very interesting. Um, yeah, I think it's. Uh, I think the conversation today is very uh, insightful, and I think it's also something that is um, that is needed. Hope you enjoyed um, today's show. I'm going to play you out with a couple of songs, and um, yeah, hopefully you took something from it. Uh, Power to the women. So, um, okay, Uh, talk to you again next week. All right, bye.